welcome to Marriage and Money, a conversational podcast about personal financial topics aimed at improving conversations about money in your marriage so you can reach your dreams together. This is a weekly discussion brought to you by a seemingly financially incompatible couple bonded by the legal contract of marriage. My name is David, your favorite saver, and I'm joined today by the spender who never disagrees with me, of course. Heather. That's correct. (laughs) I have it on record here, folks. (laughs) So now we can go back and play the tape the next time that she uh, thinks that she's disagreeing with me. I'll remind her that she's not. (laughs) (laughs) So today we have a a wonderful show planned. Today we're going to be talking about how to appropriately disagree and resolve conflict with your spouse about money. I, you know, I don't really think we should talk about that today. Um, so I, I want, I want to talk about how to find the best travel deals. So <laughs> I think um, I actually do disagree with you. Oh, okay. Well, why don't we, why don't we have a conversation <laughs> about why we think we disagree on this and uh, and go from there and see if we can come to some kind of resolution. Sounds good. Okay. All right. Well, maybe we should start start with <laughs> talking about. Uh, Exactly why this is an issue. Because travel deals are more exciting than talking about disagreement. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I want to travel. If you see some travel deals right now, I am more than happy. I guess you're right. It's not really relevant right now. So, all right. We'll talk about disagreement. More than happy. Blah, blah, blah. You win. Oh, boy. There you go, people. That's how you disagree. Oh, gosh. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Just have a funny ditty like me. Shut it all down, apparently. (laughs) No, I would love to go traveling as soon as COVID is up and I am allowed to travel more than eight miles away from my apartment, I will be traveling. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. We've done a lot of episodes, Heather, on the need for healthy dialogue, on communication. And we've talked a lot across multiple topics around how these topics can bring up disagreements, they can bring up conflict, and there are a thousand and one ways that I'm sure people can deal with these different topics, but we haven't gone into a lot of detail yet on a few of those ways. Yeah, I hope that our listeners, they're probably sitting there arguing with their spouse and wondering, how do we do this? How do we disagree? da 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 here we come to save the day. Oh boy. <laughs> I think you might be giving us a little too much credit as the savior of all these marriages out there. Um, it's possible also that that you are having healthy conversations around it, but just want a little bit more, a couple more tips maybe. <laughs> See, it's getting some, some thoughts on how others have approached it. You know, we might be a bit experts in this area. We've certainly disagreed. <laughs> we've had different different approaches for a long time about how to handle money pretty much across the board. Uh, you know, for it's funny because I don't remember a lot of the details of our arguments That's good. on this. And I don't know. The point is we got through it. But we have we got, got through it. We, we we've got gotten through it. I'm sure we, we, we'll have more conflicts, though. Don't worry. <laughs> but... But money disagreements, I feel like, can oftentimes feel like personal attacks because money is so personal. Money is what you spend your time building up. You spend hours upon hours, thousands of hours working to get money. You invest your life in it. You go to school. You get an education to get money. You do all these things to get money. Your livelihood depends on it. So when somebody has a different point of view, it can feel very personal. Yeah, and I think especially when you're arguing with your spouse, 
because your spouse is like the most important person to you. So you're talking with the most important most important person to you, and then it's about money, and it's so hard not to separate the person from what they're saying when you're talking to someone so special like that on such a topic that can be so personal, like you said. Yeah, because they they know all the hot buttons to push too if they want to. If they want to manipulate you, <laughs> they're they're the ones that can manipulate you the easiest. They know where all the skeletons are in the closet. The bodies are buried, and <laughs> so to speak. Do, wait, do we have any bodies buried in the backyard? <laughs> we'll we'll have to we'll have to edit this part out. Oh. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So we want to avoid we want to avoid unhealthy conflict whenever possible. We don't want to avoid conflict. We don't want to avoid discussing these things because these are critical things to be discussing and to be understanding each other on. Exactly. It is going to conflict is going to come up if you if you think, oh, we're just never going to have conflict. That's that's not realistic. That's not reality. So we want to give you tools to how to do it healthy. We do not want this to lead to divorce, as we've said on a lot of these. And the whole reason of this podcast is Money can become such a contentious issue that it can lead to divorce. And that is definitely where we don't want it to go. And and I've met couples that have said, oh, you know, I, my, my spouse and I, we never argue about anything. And and I, I'm, I believe them. They probably don't. But what I'm guessing is that one of them is probably not sharing their feelings or not sharing their thoughts as much as the other would like to. So if if you are one of those people that, that are like, oh, yeah, my spouse and I, we always agree about everything. Maybe you are that one one in a million that actually is like that. Or maybe your spouse is just really quiet and is afraid to talk to you. So anyway, keep that in mind. Hopefully you can get to a point where um, you can be open and uh, talk to talk to them and get, get that insight to see if that's really what's going on. Conflicts can happen for a number of different reasons. And I, I think that, that uh, one of the main drivers for them, at least it was for us, was having different backgrounds. We talked about it, I think it was many episodes ago, dozens of episodes, literally dozens of episodes ago, I think, when we talked about our introductions about how you and I, Heather, had very different backgrounds growing up. Yeah. And I think this is really fascinating. Everyone has a different story. What's your story? What's your story? Um, we all come from different backgrounds and situations growing up that have shaped us into who we are. And it's, it's hard to truly understand someone's story and how it impacts them. It's taken, it's taken me years of hearing David's story to understand. And sometimes I still don't even understand his aggressive need to save. I just can't the, sometimes the anxiety, anxiety that David has around money is so real. And I know the stories and I know the background but without not having that experience and not going through it, it's really some, it's hard, even if you know that story, to put yourself in that situation and to very, really relate to it. And just to catch people up for those that may not have heard the earlier episode, um, I talked a little bit, I believe, I think I talked a little bit about just how, growing up, how my family early on didn't have a lot of money. I was the kid that was on subsidized lunch. We had um, food stamps at, at a point. We were on, you know, the, all the, the social programs in order to um, make ends meet and state-sponsored health care and such before that was really, a, a th before there was subsidized health care for all. And uh, yeah, so it, it was, we, we didn't go on vacations. We didn't do any of that stuff. So it was, it was a very different environment than Heather's um, upbringing where she was able to do nice vacations and she had 
lots of presence, a ton more than enough presence under the tree. And it was just a very, very different environment. Yeah. And whether you realize it or not, I mean, your background and where you come from really shapes who you are and what you think about money and how you value and how you act around it, whether you intentionally know it or not, it plays a big impact in how you would, you approach it shapes your finances. normal. Yeah. 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 And so, so that can generate conflict if you have different opinions or standards of what that normal is or what, what rational is. Another thing that can really cause conflict is how you value things. So again, everybody's different and everybody values different things and what you're going to do with your money. Unless you married yourself, which I guess is possible, you are going to value different things. You will agree on some things and it does take time to grow into it. You know, David didn't really value a home. I think he just looked at it as I need a place to live. I need to I have need to a, stay dry and warm. Yeah. And that ish. was really it. And <laughs> You know, I think we both now agree on the type of home and what's important to us and value that. And then we've kind of come to an agreement on that. Another area is like we now both value a good bottle of wine. And 10 years ago, neither of us would have said that we think that's important. So, you know, but then there's other instances where I value things that you don't. Like I value nice jewelry um, which, you know, your wedding ring was what, like $250, $300, $300. I mean, yep. and it's great. You love it and you're fine with it. I'm completely fine with so, it. So <laughs> my ring was a little bit more than $250. <laughs> um, and that's okay. But I think there are other areas where, yeah, other areas where we've come together, like vacations, right? right. Where, where I was very much, I don't need to go on vacation or vacations should be incredibly small because of my background, as I mentioned, where we didn't go on any vacations. So going on one cheap vacation a year seemed very extravagant to me. And now I've come a long way from there, but I would say I'm probably still not quite to the same level that you are. Yeah. So, I mean, I think you're all, you're going to value different things. You're going to come from different places and you're hopefully going to come to agreements. But I think the important part is understanding, you know, what that person. Yeah. What they value. What they value. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think these values then lead to different goals potentially. And so we, we've had, a previous episode also on goal setting, which I highly recommend you go back and listen to if you haven't already. If, if you and your spouse have different goals, you're essentially financially pointing in different directions and you're either splitting financially so that you're not going to achieve both your goals at, as quickly as you would, or you're going to run into conflict as you need to make decisions around where money needs to go in order to reach those goals that, that one spouse isn't in, in support of. So Get on the same page with goals. Yeah. If you have listened to any of our podcasts, this continues to come up as a recurring theme. In fact, this is also advice that we've heard from a lot of the couples that we've had on and interviewed that this really is a key part to getting aligned as, as a couple and being in a in a strong marriage. Yeah. And and thankfully, we you and I, Heather, haven't struggled too much on the goal side, I feel like. Like we've been fairly aligned on, right. on goals, which I think has been very helpful early on in getting us pointed in the same direction. Yeah. So, um, as much issues as we've had on other things, overall goals have been pretty good. Uh, secrecy can cause problems. We did a we did a episode on transparency, and so secrecy, hiding or or lying about money items to your spouse is certainly not a good thing. That'll that'll generate conflict. I'm not sure that there's much more to say about yeah, that. Yeah, this, uh, this is 
so bad, right? I mean, secrecy is just, it's bad. I, I have hidden some small purchases and then come clean and it did not go well. It was not worth that $50 unplanned happy hour, not telling David about it. I should have told him it was not worth the stress and the arguments that came out of it for hiding just a small thing like that. So this is just really bad. And I, I think one of the things that we we do also or that, that can lead to it are making assumptions. So we, we oftentimes feel like we assume that the other person thinks the same way we do or has the the same desires or the same goals or same values that we do. And this runs us into, into troubled waters because not everybody's like me. <laughs> Big surprise, right? <laughs> Especially not my wife. She's they not quite be. like me. Everybody should be like you. <laughs> I, I like the sound of that, um, but it's not the way that, that life is. And so uh, as, as much as the golden rule, we'd like the golden rule to apply, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you, um, that doesn't really apply with finances as not everybody's going to like it if I apply my finance rules to them, especially my wife. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all I can say here is, you know what they say about assume. Just spell it out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but I think as we talk about these, as we talk about all these conflicts, we need to remember there's there's a spectrum here, right? We we could be talking about that that fifty dollar happy hour or a five dollar Starbucks cup of coffee, or we could be talking about two hundred thousand dollars of secret hidden debt, right? These. These are two very different things, in my mind at least. One, one is, yeah, we need to we need to talk through it and work it out. And the other sounds like huge financial betrayal, in my mind. So I, I think keeping that in perspective here is, is also also valuable that I think what where we're talking about more so is on the on the smaller side of the spectrum. We're we are not going to be capable of talking about how, how do you deal with large financial betrayal that probably needs to involve a marriage counselor. Yeah. yeah, we're not certified counselors here. So if it's a major issue like that, it's probably worth getting some professional help. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. We want you to have a successful marriage. Of course. So there's a lot of different approaches now for addressing these disagreements and how to get through them. So first of all, it's really important to remain calm throughout the discussion um, and assume positive intent. So this is something that I struggle with. Shocking. I know that I, I'm usually perfect one here, but um, this is actually just just getting you are with the quite perfect. Um, Let's be honest. Actually, she's being humble. It's funny because calm is actually my word for the year that I've chosen. It is something that I'm working on in my personal and my professional life, but it is a really good approach and necessary. And also we should always try to assume a positive intent in our partner. In this case, assume is a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the lesson is to assume positive attributes. Right. Generally, right? Right. Let's, let's assume, assume positive intent. Let's assume that your spouse wants the best for you. Let's assume that that they are on your side. And because we, we were talking about um, money is so emotional, it's so easy to assume that they want to keep you from doing something um, just because or because they're selfish or because 
they want control or because there's a whole host of reasons. But if you're both assuming that the other person has your best interest in mind, these conversations are going to go so much better. The next thing to do is to not judge. Ooh, that's a hard one. Do not be a judgy McJudgerton. Again, this is something that I'm guilty of. I am definitely a strong J in the Myers-Briggs, if you're familiar with that. Um, Which, it's very good that I'm very self-aware of all these issues that I have. (laughs) So that I can make sure that I'm not that way. I'm a J too. I'm a J too. (laughs) So... Yeah, it, it is. I don't even know what the other letter is. But <laughs> is there another letter? I think it's just J. I think it's just J. <laughs> it's the big one. <laughs> big and bold. Yeah, I know. I know. It's easy. It, it, for us, it's it's hard not to get judgy. But we we can't judge. And we need to to do, do this. We need to have these conversations, not judging and with a lot of grace. Um, because if you come into a conversation... If your spouse, like Heather, Heather's example here of coming clean on, on a purchase, if you come in and you're you're like, oh my gosh, that was the worst thing in the world. I can't believe you did it. it it's and and I've I've done that. I'll I'll come clean on that. I've I've not approached it well. <laughs> there's been some judgment rained <laughs> there, down. There there there's been some moments where I've rained down some judgment. That's probably why there's been some more hidden happy hours. But. Let's not have the hidden happy hours. <laughs> not anymore. But the point is, is that there there should be some some discussion of truth, right? There should be some, hey, this is bad behavior. We need to get away from this. But there should also be some grace in there where you're balancing out that truth with some grace because you want your spouse to open up again in the future. And they're not going to do that if you come pounding on them about how terrible they were and how much they screwed up and all this stuff. So be careful with that. Yeah. I mean, this is your spouse. This is your person in the world. So definitely have some grace. And and as you're you're doing that, as you're sharing sharing that that truth that's not judgy, but that's that's here's the facts. Also it can be helpful to share how those facts make you feel. And I think it's important to differentiate between these are the facts versus these are my feelings about the facts because your feelings about the facts are not the facts. And it's it can be very easy when you're in an emotional state to confuse the two. Yeah, and this has come up. This came up a lot early in our marriage and this is why I don't like arguing with David because I would have a lot of the feels and a lot of the feelings and I would get emotional about things and I would come to an argument and then David would be like, well, one plus one equals two. And I'd be like, but I feel like one plus one equals 78. And it was like, but the facts, Heather, are one plus one equals two. And and it was just like. And so it's good to share those feelings, but you need to separate between this is how I'm feeling and this is very real, but it's a feeling. And, and it's important. It's important to share the feelings. It's fine to have the feelings. Right. You're going to have them. It's, it's also important to put those in context and recognize their feelings. They're not necessarily fact. Also, it's good to fess up to your mistakes. So don't just, this point- one's hard. Just don't, don't just point out what the other person did, you know, start with where you've made mistakes, take some ownership and accountability for your own actions. 
And that's going to go a long way to having the other person share theirs. Vulnerability is really huge and opens the door to making the other spouse and the other person feel that like they can fess up and come up that they're probably knowing what their mistakes are. So it's best to not come as accusatory, but con- you know, confessing kind of what you've done. Right. And, and being the first one to come up and, and confess your mistakes is really hard to take that first step. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just awkward. We probably should have started this um, podcast with, this is not going to be easy. Oh, that, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. I kind of said, this is a really hard one on all of them. Haven't I? I <laughs> so we're giving you guys some tips here, but Gosh, they as, might be, they might be difficult. Maybe, maybe when you start out with these tips, you pick one of these. This is kind of like advanced podcast. You know, we've had like, you know, some beginner podcasts and intermediary. This is, this is kind of in the advanced. This is like PhD level here. <laughs> At least for me, it's PhD <laughs> level. I'm sure some of the listeners out there are like, oh yeah, I, I do all of these. I did I did half of these just yesterday. Well, and I feel like we kind of keep redoing them. Like we keep failing and repeating the course, you know. We, or we get, oh, we're getting yeah. more practice. Right. We're getting lots of practice. Right. Well, and, and I that's actually practice a really... Practice perfect. That's a really good point is that I... Don't beat yourself up if you're not doing all of these because we're not doing all of these and we're not doing them all on a regular oh, basis. Oh, come on. Don't lie. No, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, we're doing them all. We're perfect on everything. That's why we have a podcast about this, right? Because we're we're the experts. No. So what what I'm saying is is try not to beat yourself up when, when you're not doing this stuff. But, but recognize where you have room for that improvement. And maybe maybe you're not doing great on on the, the the grace piece. That was something I needed to work on for a long time and probably still need to, okay, I do still need to work on. But I think we need, it's, it's important to recognize that and say, okay, this is the thing that I'm going to focus on for the next conversation that I have. If I can only do one thing better, this is the one thing I'm going to do a little bit better. Yeah. So there are some practical actions that I think we can take in order to, to implement implement all these approaches and the so we we have a lot of great ideas here but if you don't set the environment correctly in order to have these conversations these conversations aren't going to go well and so i would highly recommend scheduling that's right i know actually like maybe it's making an appointment with your spouse (laughs) and say hey tuesday at 7 p.m or 8 p.m when after the kids go to bed we're gonna have a conversation about this topic that we seem to be a little bit off on. Send an outlook, invite. Yeah, I think... It doesn't I mean, need I, to be formal. I but know that sounds formal, but I do think it's good to prepare because this is something that you don't want to just jump into or you might have been preparing and having all this, but if you haven't told your spouse you're going to come up to it, then you haven't given them the time to kind of digest and prepare for it. So I think it... I think it's really helpful if you know, like, hey, we're going to have this conversation. And I think it'll go a lot smoother if you set aside the time and you prepare for it. I I know I really appreciate it when Heather does this. So sometimes Heather will say, oh, I have a question that I want to talk to you tonight about finances. I'm going to be asking you about it over dinner. I'm like, "Uh, what is it? (laughs) Oh, I want it to be a surprise. I'll I'll take no, no, it's not going to be a surprise. Tell me what the question is now. We don't have to talk about it now, but I'm going to need some time to think about it before we have this talk at dinner. And so I think that's really important. And then also 
it's it's it gives you a chance if this is an emotionally charged topic it gives you time for whoever might be emotional about it to get their head around it and perhaps calm down and get get those emotions under control maybe not calm down but at least get those emotions under control um, before the conversation too so when you start the conversation try not to just just talk about numbers but t- bring it back and talk about what you're really valuing, what the value of the it is. As much as I love my numbers. Ooh, and I love the numbers I'm too. I'm a big number nerd. You know, they don't, they're not going to, the numbers aren't going to matter if you don't value the same thing. If one of you might as well be speaking about Mexican pesos and one of you speaking in euros because... If you don't have the same value of that item, it doesn't matter what the what the amount and the number of it is. You have to bring it back to what your val how much you value it and how important it is to you or to your spouse. Um, and and talk about your goals. So talk about those goals. You'll you'll get on the same page then as soon as you you link those values up with those those larger goals. Don't don't wait until you get upset. So I've seen this happen. I've. I mean, I've, I've done this as well, where something's boiling under the surface. You have, there's something that's bugging you. It, it continues to build up. It continues to build up and you don't bring it up until it's too late until it's become this huge issue. Maybe it's a small thing that's now become a huge issue. And if you'd get at the front of it, then it wouldn't be a problem. Yeah, this is not a good time to have a conversation when you are upset. Let me just tell you, speaking from experience, you know, hopefully you can get to talk about this topic before it gets there. But if not, if you're upset, then wait until you have calmed down, going back to be calm when you have these conversations. You know, we've experienced this when I've been upset about something and I was so upset that the conversation did not go well. There were lots of tears. I was in no place to come to an agreement. I didn't even want an agreement. I was just hurt and I wanted to hurt David. And that's just no bueno. Going back to the pesos. Um, (laughs) uh, Not good. Not good at all. But that is why I, I like the idea. And I think this was your idea to close out these conversations with something positive. Right? Yes. So you had talked about maybe we should do something romantic. Maybe we should go out for dinner. Maybe we should do something, I don't know, something special after these conversations as a a reminder that, yes, we might have disagreements. We might not be on the same page all the time. But afterwards, after we have these hard conversations, we're able to get back together. We're able to do this as one and and have have a nice evening together. Yeah, I love this idea, and uh, we will have to give this a try and report back, or maybe we won't report back since it's a romantic. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have? What do you have in mind here for this evening? Whoa! And right. last but not least, don't lie when you're in this conversation. Oh yeah, this seems really obvious. But sometimes it is our job as podcast hosts to state the obvious. So you are welcome. That one comes free of charge. <laughs> Just along with the rest of this episode. <laughs> oh, you, good point. By the way, if you paid anyone for this episode, <laughs> you got ripped off. <laughs> and, and, and could you send us a check too? <laughs> so we want you to continue to have this conversation with your spouse in a calm manner. So first, 
set up a money date conversation. Um, I'm sure there's something around finances and money that you're not on the same page if you're human. Um, it might be a purchase, a goal, etc. So set up time to have that conversation that you've been putting off and use some of the tips that we provided to talk about uh, this issue in an appropriate, calm manner and come to a resolution. So, David, we've talked a lot about our disagreements. We've had a few. Um, <laughs> hopefully we've learned from them. So what is one thing that has not worked well when we've been in conflict? If you can think of something, that one might be a challenge. And then maybe think of one thing that has worked well. Oh, so you want me to start with what has not worked well. Yeah, let's start with the negative. Then we can end on a high note. That's right. That's good. Okay. Well, something that hasn't worked well, and uh, yeah, I hope hope this hasn't been spoiled too much, but from previous conversation, but it's talking about the issue when we're emotional. Um, So we've, I, I know you said typically you're the more emotional one. I get emotional too, but Things escalate quickly when we're talking about money emotionally. One person might think that the other person's out to get them. One person might think that they're holding back or the other person might think they're out of control or it it just gets harder to see things through the other person's perspective when we're tied up in our own emotions rather than trying to see things through the other person's eyes. And so... If you're if you're focused on your own emotions, you're not focused on the other person. And when you're having these difficult conversations, you need to be focused on the other person. So that's what's not worked well. What has worked well is, at least from my perspective, has been approaching the conversation with logic and numbers. <laughs> So, so what about least, the value? At least understanding the value and the value. So th- this is this helps me at least. <laughs> um, and and what I'm saying is, when when you come to me, Heather, with with the logic and numbers, that helps me. So I'm thinking about times when maybe I'm being irrational. It helps me understand this is where we're at as a couple financially. And how this item, maybe this this spending item, fits into our overall plan and values and goals, versus this is just another thing that we're spending money on, and it's just money flying out the door. Putting it in the perspective of our overall goals and overall values helps ground me more, and that's been helpful. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, where, where are you at with the, this question? So, I think it's similar. I mean, what I was thinking was. What's not gone well is when I point out what you're doing is wrong or I devalue it and put down your actions or even like refer to them as stupid. And that probably goes back to, again, not understanding the background or where you're coming from. Um, But it also probably comes from an emotional state to use kind of those harsh words. But um, I know that I've done that before, maybe once. Um, It's kind of hard for me to admit publicly, but alas. (laughs) I'm not perfect. Uh, but yeah, when it probably is struck by emotions, but not understanding where you're coming from and, and uh, probably not using the best best words to or making you feel like what your opinion or your thoughts are that they're not valuable or they're not smart. Um, so yeah, on what has worked well, it's kind of the opposite of yours. It's when I can remove my emotion and come in calm. And when we enter a conversation or a disagreement and I really want to come to an agreement and find a solution and not just get my way. 
Um, and again, I think that works well when, again, I can come, you know, calm down, you know, assu- again, assuming positive intent, intent and really working together towards a solution. Oh, well, thank you so much for saying that. Those are some, some great thoughts and there we couldn't go. agree more. We aired the dirty laundry. <laughs> now, again, now my it's dirty out laundry. there. We're not perfect. <laughs> oh, now our fans, the, the masses, the, the millions of followers, they're disillusioned because we're not perfect. Uh, we're going to go do something romantic after this recording. <laughs> uh, well, I think that wraps up our conversation for today. We would love to hear how your conversations about money have gone or take your questions on a future episode. Please email us at marriageandmoneypodcast at gmail.com or message us on Instagram at marriage.and.money. Thanks again for joining us this week. And remember that whether you're a spender or a saver, your best financial life lies somewhere.